Let's talk to Atara now. I've been looking forward to this. Trying to explain a PhD thesis in three minutes so a layperson can understand it. We've actually had a feature like that on our show, but it got a bit complicated, which makes my next guest even more impressive. She managed to explain her thesis so well, she won University of Auckland's three-minute thesis finals. Cam Hofbeck will now be competing in the Asia-Pacific finals. Hello. How's it going? Good. Thank you for coming in uh, to the studio. Nice to see you. And congratulations on your win. Where did this idea of the three-minute thesis competition come from? Uh, So I just saw it going around on the website, and I've been accused in the past by my family that they have no idea what I'm working on. And a lot of my micro work has so much jargon in it, it's really hard to explain Uh to a layperson. So I thought I'd take it up so that I could have a good elevator pitch in the future. Yeah, and this is presumably an international competition, and each university have their own sort of heats. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me about your thesis. Uh, So my thesis is into the microbiology of tuatara. Uh So I look at the bacteria that live inside of their gut at five different sanctuaries, and then compare that to the source population on Takaporewa, where they were all translocated from. Fantastic. And um, what did you find? I found some really interesting stuff so far. I'm still in the first kind of portion out of three of my thesis, but mm. the first portion we were looking at, if there's any variation over this latitude. So if the Tuatara up in um, near Hamilton at Mangatautri have different bacteria than down in Dunedin at Orkanui. And I found that there is an impact of site and that Tuatara at the different sites have different bacteria, but they also have a huge amount of similarity. So like 40 species of bacteria in common across all the sites, which is really shocking considering like you and I might not share that many bacteria between us. Is that us. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, microbiome's so interesting, aren't mm-hmm. they, at, at a human level, but I never th- really thought about um, studying the Tuatara's micro- microbiome. How do you do it? So I, it's a non-invasive method, so I don't have to cut them open or anything like that. I just catch them, and then I use a cloacal swab. So it looks like a COVID nose swab mm-hmm. that I just stick up the cloaca, which is the um, place where reptiles uh, poop out of. So just a little up in there real quick, and then I let them scuttle back off into the into the bush. Okay. <laughs> Tuatara probably doesn't enjoy it much, but it's for their own good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it must be quite hard to identify these different bacteria, is it? So we use molecular techniques. So I take the swab back into the lab, and and then through a bunch of steps, purify it. So I have pure DNA off the swab. And then I amplify only the bacterial DNA. So I'm sure most people are after COVID know what PCR is. So I use that same technique. So I amplify it a bunch of times and get all of the bacterial DNA. And then I can use gene sequencing to take that into a bunch of A's, G's, T's, and C's. And then I use software to turn that into what species of bacteria we have. Fantastic. Why are you interested in this? It's from a scientific perspective, Tuatara are so interesting because they're the only surviving species in their order. So the other reptilian orders are like one is all the snakes and rept or sorry, all the snakes and lizards, another one is all the crocodiles and alligators, and then all the turtles and tortoises. And then the fourth one all on its own is just Tuatara. Uh-huh. Everything else is extinct in that order. So yeah. they're really interesting. And then they're also super long lived, so they're really unique. Internationally interesting, obviously. I can hear from your accent that you are maybe not from New Zealand originally. Yeah, I'm from the States. Uh-huh. Did you come here for the Tuatara? I came here in 2020 originally on a Fulbright scholarship, mm-hmm. and I was going to work with Takahe, but uh, going to being the operative work, so it was in 2020, so I had to go back to the U.S. Yeah. prematurely. Um, but then when I was coming back, my advisor said we could continue working on that project or move into Tuatara, and I had only heard a little bit about them, but I knew they were so interesting that yeah. it's, it's just hard to turn down. Yeah. And um, what might we be able to do with this information? Why is it interesting to learn about the microbiome of Tuatara? 
So the other work in our lab is on kakapo and then a few other species. But for kakapo, um, we know that sometimes when they're in captivity, they have decreased health and we have a really hard time getting them to breed. Um, they have to be really heavily conserved. And then with other species as well, we know putting them in zoos, um, it's a big shift to your environment. So you can imagine if you just went from being a vegetarian to eating an all-meat diet tomorrow, mm. you might have some stomach problems associated with that. So it's a similar thing when you move an animal into captivity or into a new environment. They're potentially eating a new diet. They're taking antibiotics uh, if they're like in a zoo or something like that. So we tend to see decreased health and lower reproductive ability. So we just want to know if that's happening with Tuatata. And then I'm also interested in if temperature plays a role there. So some of the sites up in the north are way hotter than the ones down in Dunedin especially. So understanding if that is playing any role in their health and their microbiome is really important. The field work must have been fun. Oh, yeah. I will say that also attracted me quite yeah. a bit, yeah. So you went down to Orokanui? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I went to Mangatau Tree near Hamilton yeah. and then out to Gisborne and um, – Napier to see two private sanctuaries. Fantastic. And then I go back to Zealandia repeatedly for seasonal work in Wellington. How similar is the microbiome of a tuatara to the microbiome of a human? So I only can answer that with other reptiles, mm. but shockingly different, like basically really? no overlap. Yeah. So the I was expecting it to look most similar to lizards because yeah. that's their closest living relative. But basically none of the main groups are in common. And the big gut groups like um, Bacteroides is a huge one that I found really common in other reptile species, but basically non-existent in Tuatata. And then the other one is Salmonella. So we know most reptiles have Salmonella. So if you handle a skink, please wash your hands. Mm -hmm. Probably a Salmonella. But we've never seen Salmonella on Tuatata which is really weird. So they're, they're definitely really unique. They look much different from you and I and much different from other lizards. Yeah, which just goes further to prove how unique a species they are, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. How much longer have you got to go on your thesis? Um, so I'm about a year and a half in. I started it remote before the border reopened, um, and then I came here about this time last year. So I've got another year and a half or two years left. And then speaking of exciting travel, you now get to represent what, Auckland at the Asia-Pacific finals? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when is that and what's the story? Uh, that's in October. Unfortunately, it used to be actually in Australia, but mm. now it's a video submission. So uh, yeah. <laughs> different skill set okay. for that one. Nice one. Good luck. Thank you. Let us know. Thank you. Cam Hofbeck, winner of the three-minute thesis competition talking about the microbiome of the Tuatara.